Welcome to the Food is Life podcast with me, Jambo, and me, Steph. So, Steph, let's have a catch up first before we get going, because I can't remember last time we podcasted, when last time I asked you how you've been, what you've been up to. Now, I can see visually you've been up to something, <laughs> but what is it for the people listening? So for those that are listening and following me on social media, you'll have seen I've basically had my head chopped in half, to put it quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. So long story cut short, I had basal cell carcinoma, which is a form of skin cancer on my head. Basically, it's like years and years exposure to the sun. So, you know, back to the tennis days, back to when I was in the States, not wearing sun cream, not wearing hats. I'm now paying the price because I've got... Mm. A lot of stitches down the side of my face because I've had them all zapped out yesterday. So, yeah. And what's the lesson we've learned? Wear sun cream, even if you don't like the smell of it. Wear sun cream when your mum tells you to wear sun cream. And wear a hat. I know. I mean, all jokes aside, though, it is. I'm glad you brought that up, Jambo, because it's bad. It's a good lesson for kids and adults out there. And I am being much more careful now because... It's, it's self-inflicted. I look like I've just had brain surgery and it's not great. But if you, if you want to see a picture, go over to my Instagram and you can find it on the feed because I'll be posting yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. Not so lessons, lessons early on in this podcast. Wear your sun cream, wear your hat, um, be sensible. Yeah. And in other news, we haven't done an update in ages. I feel like no. since the last podcast, I've turned 30. Yeah. I lost my darling dog, Gunner. You did. I now have a new puppy. You do. Um, what else? I've been on some holidays. To be fair, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it has been a whirlwind couple of months, to say the least. Yeah, it has. It has for both of us. For both of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so. let's let's get straight back into the podcast, then, shall we? <laughs> let's talk about something really relevant. Then let's talk about stress. Mm. and how stress impacts things now we haven't discussed this like usually we do me and Steph will talk about a podcast beforehand and we'll basically do a podcast for half an hour and then we'll be like should we record the podcast we haven't actually spoke about this at all and it's in the bud beforehand so Steph talk to me about stress and the impacts it has on everything Mm. the first thing I want to mention is when we talk about stress It doesn't have to just be traditional stress of, you know, oh my God, I am so stressed. When we're talking about stress during this podcast, we're talking about anything from, you know, feeling ill, from being tired, from being busy, from not sleeping well, from over-exercising. All those things are including in stress. Yeah, if we're defining it. So it's something I talk to, especially my one-to-one legends about a lot, not so much on the Lean Bean course because, you know, when people start the Lean Bean course, they're still highly motivated and they're not not so influenced, I guess, by external factors of things like stress and stuff. So it's when you get a bit deeper into the weight loss journey that stress comes into play and it comes into play in terms of your appetite, in terms of being able to stay consistent, having the want and the need and the motivation, et cetera, to track your calories, to get to the gym, all that stuff. So that's what we're going to dive into today because there's a lot of stressy people out there. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually going to just go on a, on a tangent nice and early in this podcast. So um, even with 
all the years experience and all the knowledge and everything else, stress has really impacted my nutrition over the last couple of months and not necessarily um, stress as we might think it as like, oh, I've had a really tough day at work. Like the boss is asking a lot from me. I mean, he is, but um, more outside factors and it's impacted me in different ways, like even like routine and stuff has been completely affected by it. Um, I guess actually quality of nutrition as well has been affected by it. Now, you know, Steph, I do not eat ready meals. I do not. I reckon I've had 15 ready meals in the last couple of months. Yeah, you're not a ready meal guy, are you? Nah, nah. Yeah. So like even with all the powers of being, all the years experience and all the motivation, it still affected me. Mm. Yes. High stress in terms of, well, let, let's put it this way. Jambo has been through emotional traumas over the last couple of months, <laughs> shall we say. Not sure how much you want to tell the listeners. Oh, <laughs> that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, it's, it's been emotional. And um, you're actually a good example of, well, stress at the moment. You know, mm. it's, and we, we still have to have a laugh and we can still do that. But the bottom line is it affects everything. And for you, Jambo, you've actually lost weight, right? Mm. In the last couple of months, whereas I, I'm going to say, I mean, at least 97.6% of people that I work with will use that as food. Stress equals food equals emotional eating equals gain weight. I think like the first 10 weeks, certainly, Steph, I lost a lot of weight. Um, but I think since then, it, the, almost the other side of it with um, moving somewhere different with different routines and like different, um, I guess, like, yeah, it's routine, really. The stress is a new routine. Now it's gone back on it because all of a sudden, like before you have that, like you're on top of things and you're like smashing things in control and now things are I'm trying to get back in control of things and it's going out the other way so like it's had like a you know it's been both ends of the scale really Mm. Mm. good point to make in terms of even the same person at different stages of their stress journey and some people that stress journey is literally like their whole life can go through different stages you know sometimes you lose your appetite sometimes you gain your appetite. Sometimes you feel like you have no control over it. It can change. It can chop and change. I think that's something really important to highlight and let the listeners know that actually these things do happen. It is an emotional roller coaster, or not an emotional, a roller coaster. But hopefully, we can dive into some things that can help people and manage it a little bit better. Today. I've got a question for you, Steph. Mm. Okay, I know that uh, we stress this a lot, a lot of emotional uh sort of triggers with stress what about the scientific stuff you know the real nutritionally stuff Mm. so (laughs) my one-to-ones they will have heard me say this probably a million times over so sorry for you guys but what you've got to think about is when you are a human being your body always wants to be balanced so happy healthy feeling good and that is you know energy in versus energy out it's all the same but take into consideration you know even if you've had a bad night's sleep if you've been exercising loads or anything that's causing stress like we talked i talked about at the start if your body's feeling below par 
what's going to happen is your body wants to will find any way it can to get back up to that balanced and healthy state that it knows it likes to be in so for a lot of people that is increasing the hunger hormone that can be in the form of sugary foods because sugar is the simplest form of a carbohydrate so it's the quickest way the body can take some energy in and use that or take some calories in shall we say and use that as energy to get the body even if it's just temporarily feeling back up to normal other ways you can do that is through things like caffeine through things like alcohol through things like just really calorie dense foods so physically think about it if your body is feeling subpar it's going to find ways naturally to feel balanced and healthy again so not necessarily what you want when you're in a calorie deficit and your body's asking for loads of sugar because you haven't been sleeping for the last two nights but that is a physical thing okay how's the um optimal way or the healthiest way to regulate that and sort of address it that is a tough one so depending on what your journey is but for the sake of our listeners and what i tend to do with most of my lean beans obviously scenario dependent is if you've had for example a couple of bad nights sleep you're struggling mood energy levels they've all dropped what i will suggest is look at your calorie balance over a week and sometimes we spread that further and we look over a couple of weeks or over three weeks up your calories for the next couple of days so if you're let's say your calorie deficit is 1500 calories that's your target go up to 16 17 18 1900 calories the next couple of days just to let your body relax get back into feeling a little bit better whilst also working on you know trying to get a little bit more quality sleep or a little bit more sleep then we can look at not clawing the calories back but averaging them out over the longer period of time because if you just try and you know rely on willpower and resist 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 try and stay within your 1500 calories but you're hungry you're tired that resistance you're not going to be able to keep up for that long and it's probably going to extend into the next few days and then you know most people at that point have a little calorie party shall we call it and then mm. you know we spiral and we all we all know what happens then so i'm gonna tell everyone a little bit of advice you gave me this is quite a few years ago now um is so i i went down to 101.4 kilos or something really happy and i was like oh, i'm gonna smash that 100 kilo mark before I know it and then like outside stresses or factors came into play um yeah, routine got changed and I went up to 103 um oh no sorry 100 102.8 this is the day that I was like what's going on and um, so I put on like a kilo but like I was averaging a ki- like a kilo heavier than I was a couple of weeks beforehand but I didn't really feel like loads had changed and you'd always said to me before like Sometimes you have to um, think about what's going on in your life because it's not always straight line progression. Like sometimes, you know, six months ago, if I was sat there and you'd said you're going to weigh 102 kilos, I'd be buzzing. I'd be absolutely buzzing. Like it's just a small step and like with everything that's been going on in my crazy life, it's only like a really small blip. But as well, like, before I'd probably beat myself up over it and either go to one extreme or give up or I don't know. But um, 
with the advice you'd given me, I kind of like gave myself a little bit of a break. I had a maybe two weeks, I'd say, where I wasn't, you know, pushing myself or, or, or like trying to, you know, push the barrier, so to speak. Um, and then like, I'm such a better place this week. I feel like so much better, more control of things. My weight's come down to under 102 again. It, like, it's it, before, I think it would have sent me spiraling with all the stresses that were going on in my life. Mm. And then just go back to what would Steph say? <laughs> and, and then literally within, you know, since this weekend, I haven't really changed much, but just more control of things, feel a lot less stressed and boom. I know. Yeah, but e even the the physicality of you feeling stressed about, not you, but in general, if someone feels stressed about what their weight's saying, that is a stressor on the body. Yeah, yeah. That for some people can come out as, you know, you have some gut problems and you feel extra windy or whatever. For some people, it means you're going to retain some water. So you step on the scales and then it's even worse than you thought it was going to be. You know, that's me. Yeah. yeah. It's honestly, it's crazy. Crazy. Like, I think like this is again, like a big thing on the, the journey is that even with all the wealth of knowledge and experience and everything, you can still be like, knocked by those sort of things and like especially when things are difficult in your day-to-day -day life you might be small it might be large it can be like complete like change of routine it can be like something's just happened whatever it can be like they just like sometimes like it's almost like piling on and it can like tip things over because on the scale I was one number higher than I was a couple of weeks ago it's so easy for you all to crumble and be like I'm done 100%. So for my one-to-one -one check ins today, I've got one legend and she won't mind me saying literally. So we've had to adopt patience. Like that's the word I've used so many times for her. And now I know we're going on the, the tangent of the scales. But anyway, she's been, she's been hovering at what was it, 174 for a while, pounds. Mm -hmm. And um, then she was there for like three weeks. So I said, patient, patient, patient. Come on, you're in your deficit. Stay there. Then she dropped. We What we did is we weighed every day because I wanted her to see the weight fluctuations rather than just weighing once a week. Yeah. She dropped to 171 last week. This weekend, she's just been out and she had like quite a boozy time. She tracked to the best she could. Um, She's got on the scales today, this morning, it's not funny, but she got on the scales and she was 174 <laughs> again. And I like her mind, she's just like, her head is gone. She's had, she's texted me over the weekends. She saw friends that she hadn't seen in a while. They said she's looking incredible. She said to me that she had been, she wears these dog walking shorts and they were falling down last week. You know, there's all these positive things, but... The number on the scales has absolutely floored her today. Absolutely floored mm. her. So we've now actually, I've said to her, we are not weighing for a whole month, a whole four check-ins, no weight, because she's lost the connection between how she's feeling in her skin, yeah, yeah, in her yeah. clothes, because she's so worried about what that number says. Isn't it, isn't it so crazy? Like, so for the listeners, I've moved into somewhere new and, um, I've got like some of my old clothes like that I had sort of packed away and you know you're going through and sort and stuff and there's a couple of tops in there that like maybe I had some 
jacked. Um, <laughs> like they might have been a little bit snug previously. Um, and I was having a really bad day. And like, I think it was a day, like I'd gone up to like 103.8. And I think we'd gone to the cricket actually. And we'd spoke about like being a lot more humid and water retention, this, that, and the other. Anyway, so um, I was like 108 and I was uh, 108, 103.8 kilos. This is not pounds. And I, do, I was sorting through the next day. I was sorting through my clothes because I was like throwing stuff out. And I was trying a few of them on. And stuff that wouldn't have fit me before was fit me so well. And I was like, like I'd look at the top and be like, this is going to be too small for me. I'll throw this out. And I'll try it on and I'd be like, wow. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous, isn't it? Like, But the thing is, like, with everything that had been going on, and this is like where the stress has come into it, I felt like I'd like made no progress. I was going backwards. I was really like sh- stressed and annoyed at myself that like I made like progress and then it was all just getting washed away like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the case because it, it, a stupid number on a scale was dictating it when actually I popped on the top that six months ago, it would have had to be cut out of it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're dancing around your room <laughs> well, I won't go that far <laughs> hobbling around baby <laughs> yeah stress honestly it does the weirdest things to us humans weirdest mm. things weirdest things I think um, there's definitely two sides to it though isn't it there's the emotional side like the psychology of it or like what I'm just saying there like how because of a number on a scale like I basically had an implosion and then um there's obviously the actual hormonal side of it as well yeah and hopefully what our fine listener will take from this is that it is okay to be human too because Mm -hmm. life happens like it doesn't have to just be lack of sleep it could be you know, it's summer holidays and you're really, you're actually traditionally stressed because you've got three kids, you don't know what to do with them or you're doing this day out, this day out and trying to keep them entertained for six weeks. You know, it's it's not easy to manage stress, but still live your life and progress all the time. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to have times where actually things get the better of you. So like I say, go back up, have some high calorie days and don't see them as bad days. The language we use around this time, especially when we're talking of stress, is people say, I've had a bad day today. And I'll be like, no, you haven't had a bad day. You've just had a higher calorie day than planned. Mm -hmm. And then once you can start seeing these patterns, and this is exactly what I love about the one-to-one work we do, is you recognize these patterns the first time that it happens and then next time around because a similar stress or something that stresses you out will come up again you'll be able to see them ahead of time and then we could be like right these next few days this is what we're going to do because last time they were higher calorie days than planned you got annoyed about them instead let's see it before be positive about it and know that it'll be just fine i've got a question for you steph I hope you're ready for this because this is a, a real curveball here. How much do you think in your lean beans that sleep impacts their stress levels? God, uh, 74% of people. Nice, nice number. High number. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I'm probably using sleep as the example because it's it's massive. So uh-huh. many humans do not sleep well. Me and Steph, for the listeners as well, um, we have our smartwatches that uh, show us our, our sleep sleep quality um, and sleep charge, um, and we're both <laughs> we're both a bit uh, should we say a bit dweeby about our sleep, so. <laughs> If we go out and do something now, we always make sure that we're not having any alcohol. Even if it's like, you know, if you're going out drinking, very different. But if it's a case of maybe having one or two, we're very cautious about it, making sure we're in bed at a reasonable time. Because it does make a, such a difference. We're so thirsty now, aren't we? Yeah, we're big time. But no. it does make a huge difference. Like, we, when we went to the cricket and Steph spent a thousand pounds on pick a mix, <laughs> um, I had a couple of beers literally a couple and a thousand pounds worth of pick mix but even like the next like it took me a couple days for my like rhythm to get back to it if that makes sense also this is a really good point because i know we are very open and honest about look you can have any anything that you want to make up your calorie deficit target with have it so for a lot of people they'll be like oh i can have a glass of wine a day but what you also have to think with that is how that's going to affect things like your sleep. Mm-hmm. So for most people, alcohol does affect sleep. And people are like, oh, but I sleep so well once I've had a couple of glasses of red a night. What actually happens is you don't go into your deep sleep mm-hmm. when you've had alcohol. You just stay kind of on the surface and you don't get that repair and recovery bit. So yeah, like, this is where you got to find the fine balance, right? Mm-hmm. Fine balance between, okay, I've got a good amount of calories that I can be flexible with. Should you be, it's not an AA meeting, don't get me wrong, but should you be, <laughs> should you be having a glass of wine every night? If it fits in your calories and you can still lose weight doing it, fine. But if over time it means your sleep is gradually getting less quality each night and over a month you're then struggling to sleep, is it worth it? Probably not. I've got a quick story, and this is a complete tangent, which has nothing to do with nutrition. So, Steph, you can cut this out of the podcast and final edit if you want. Um, it is that when you get a little bit older, say when you're, I say a little bit older, when you move out of your teens and you know drinking is not as easy as it used to be, when you see people that continue to live a very um, sort of social lifestyle when they've gone out drinking a lot, have you ever noticed how people that have a really health, healthy, like sort of fitness focused lifestyle age differently to people who go out and party and drink and everything? Because that you start to notice the difference. And even like we've got a lot of friends in our, you know, in their 40s. Um, and the difference between some blokes that I know that go down the pub every weekend, the age difference between like you can physically see the difference in people. And it's not because, I mean, alcohol has got a detrimental effect to, to us, but it's like stuff like recovery and sleep is so important, but like, you don't think it's having an impact on you, but when you start to see how like, so the reason like me and Steph get um, funny about our sleep is our watches measure your, your heart rate as you fall asleep. And like Steph said, like how deep into a sleep you go, but, 
you actually your heart rate drops below a certain level so like your body helps your body recover and you basically go into a hibernated state whereas when you've had a couple of alcohols and you're you know you're in bed you might think you're sleeping deeply but your heart rate doesn't actually drop low enough so that you can get the full recovery so yeah just a tangent on the story but it kind of tied in so i hope it stays in that's definitely staying in <laughs> i mean it's that's a good point of was it causation not correlation so people think right okay if i drink alcohol too much i'm going to age badly but actually it's usually less about that it's more about the power of sleep yeah it's not the alcohol well it is a little bit the alcohol but Mm -hmm. it's mainly the sleep the lack of sleep and sleep quality 100 percent. i think like i start to really notice it say like i played um sort of like sunday league football or whatever um and like a lot of like some of the older lads, uh, like the ones that used to drink and say the ones that didn't drink, and they'd be like two different people. Like, mm. and it like you'd see people age very quickly. And even like, I guess when you're, you know, in your 20s and stuff, the people that mature a bit earlier, say, and, and don't go out partying every single weekend, they age so much better than the people that party until their late 20s because it does have an effect on you. I do wonder if we are going to get a second wave because i feel like we're both in the stage now where we've had our our partying years and our 20s <laughs> we're now at a point where we're like uh is it worth it is it not like we say but then i look at my parents buddy they don't drink loads they don't drink like casually but they can they can hold a party they can host a party yeah. and they're they're boozers like don't do we have will we get the second wave i love i love to have a pint and like six nations is on I'll drink all day in the pub or, you know, our friend's birthday at the end of this month, you know, I'm probably going to get very boozy then as well. But I think it's just picking and choosing. It's fine in moderation. I think that's not the issue. I think like, yeah, if you're going out every single weekend drinking, it has an effect on you that you don't even realise for sure. Mm. Yeah. I think that goes for also stress in general though, because people that are stressed generally don't sleep very well because, you know, you know, you've got things on your mind, don't mm-hmm. sleep well. That ages you too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not Larry, just yeah. alcohol, alcohol and partying. It's general sleep. I mean, we're not a sleep sure. therapist, but you know. So my dad is a therapist, and he always says to, to those who are worrying, or if you go to bed and you have lots of worries and stuff, um, just write down your thoughts on a piece of paper you know stuff that you can action stuff that you can't action but just write it out so it's physically out of your mind because you know like some people go to bed like i don't have this problem i've got the smoothest brain in the world like my head hits a pillow and i'm asleep um i could be like literally in the middle of writing a text and i'll fall asleep but <laughs> some people um really really struggle to fall asleep because that's the time there you you're with your thoughts and you know you analyze the day or whatever so if that's you and you do worry and you find it hard to fall asleep because you think about a million and one things to do write it down on a piece of paper and then like get it all out physically because it does have a psychological effect on your sleep mm. no totally agree good bit of advice there mm. with that though i would like to say we're talking negatively about stress but to a degree stress is a good thing as well because you know like a calorie deficit for example is a stressor it's a stressor mm-hmm. on the body if you want to make any real change You've got to go through a degree of stress. What doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. true. So, yeah, you 
it, again, it's finding that fine balance, really unsexy, I know. It's finding the fine balance of being able to manage the stress and creating enough stress to create change, but not overstressing yourself so it's not manageable and you can't stay consistent with it. Because ultimately... Just, yeah, stack, stack the odds in your favour, I think. Everyone's going to have stresses, aren't they? But just stack things in your favour. Yeah, and it's also... A lot of people cannot commit to health and fitness and weight loss and stuff because they have lots of stresses. And yeah, no, I definitely do agree that you have to be in the right headspace for any of it. Anything, health, fitness, even things like changing your sleep, you have to have the headspace for it. So working on, I guess, managing that, putting things in boxes in your head, first and foremost and then then more wins habit stacking habit stacking mm. love to see it love to hear it yeah right Steph give us a, a roundup a summary of your stresses summary stresses are going to happen we can't get away from them we're a human being knowing that will help you hopefully understand that not every day is going to be great you're going to have hard times. You're going to have easy times. Roll with the punches. Reach out for help if you need help with that. Accountability, something we talk about often, can really, really, really help with managing things like stress and therefore staying consistent with the things that you ultimately want to stay consistent with. Um, some degree of stress is important. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast at this point, this deep in. So... Yeah, finding that fine, unsexy balance, understanding your body, how it deals with stress. It might work with differently with different stresses. You've got to work it all out. It's all trial and error. I know, boring, unsexy. Mm, love it, though. Yeah, me too. We do, don't we? Mm. Do you have any any roundups? Uh, just relax. <laughs> <laughs> just, <clears throat> just even with Chill the out. Just even with the stresses, just be like, cool, it's happening, <laughs> it's out there, I'm dealing with it. I feel like that's such a male response. Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just deal with it as it comes. Cry in the bath. <laughs> or the shower, and then they can't see your tears. So And they can't hear you. Yeah, exactly. So Such a male uh, response. <laughs> Steph, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at foodislife.nutrition. I would highly recommend signing up to my email list, which you can find directly below in the show notes. You can visit my website, www.foodislifenutrition.com. Anytime you want to reach out to either Jambo or myself, please do. We want to hear from you. Ratings, reviews that you can leave on the podcast. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. It means the world to us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing us around to your friends, to your family, to your yo-yo dieting friends. Jambo, where can we find you? You can find me strictly on Instagram at jambo.the.great. And I just wanted to say that I definitely have got followers from this podcast that follow me and still haven't reached out. And it hurts my soul. Maybe I should say at the start of the, the, the podcast in the future, just be like, please slide into my DMs. And you I'm have. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> you have told them. Come on, people. Just a little waving hand emoji. That's all I ask. <laughs> you do that and I'll, I'll send out some sort of prize. 
a high five. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye-bye.